This is Vaya Con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9 WHMP. Good morning, everybody. Hi, welcome to Vaya Con Munoz. I am Natalia Munoz. I just got back from Puerto Rico uh, just a few days ago. And what a great time to be away from here in the sense of being, first of all, in my own country, which is beautiful, but all, all countries are beautiful geographically. I happen to adore places that have big sky and giant bulbous bulbous clouds and um, lots of ocean everywhere. And of course, Puerto Rico is surrounded by the Atlantic and the Caribbean. And it was a beautiful um, weather. Wasn't too hot. Nice breeze from the ocean. Of course, the ocean was beautiful. I love looking into the ocean, into the sea. All the colors, the greens, the blues, the purples. It's just gorgeous. And then listening to the the roar of the ocean as the waves come crashing into the shore or up against the seawall. And the seawall I'm referring to is Arecibo, which is in the western part of the island about an hour or so west of San Juan on the coast. And um, a friend of mine is is from there, and she's doing some really great work in her hometown of Arecibo. It's the third most uh, important city in Puerto Rico. It was, it's a, in its heyday, it was a port city. A lot of people who entered, who came from other places, entered through San Juan or Ponce in the south or Arecibo, also in the north. And then you know what happened? Every morning that I woke up, it was great because I woke up to a Trumpless place. The main course of discussion in Puerto Rico, Trump gets in the conversation a little bit, of course. He gets in every conversation, probably in a lot of places in the world. But mostly it was just waking up to Puerto Rico and the disaster we're dealing with, with the fiscal control board, a, with uh, another great migration happening of Puerto Ricans leaving the island in search of work in the United States, a completely broken health system where people wait five to seven hours to see their doctor. And that's not the occasional incident that happens every day. Um, doctors say that there are not enough doctors to go around. I say that's probably true. But I remember when I lived there in the 90s, I also waited five, six hours regularly to see my doctors. And I think it's just a way of doctors making a lot of money. They overbook. So even if you have, say, a 2 o'clock appointment, well, they have five other people booked in at 2 o'clock. So imagine if the office hours began at 8, by the time 2 o'clock comes comes around, there are, I don't know how many, two dozen people still waiting for, say, the 10 o'clock appointment. It's crazy. It's just crazy. And the government, which is supposed to be watching out for us, um, does not intervene in this. This is one of the reasons government exists, is to take all that chaos, to take all that that greed that apparently is natural in people or in some people and regulate it, regulate it. But no, no, it's kind of the the, the, the health system model in Puerto Rico reminds me of the Wall Street model here in the United States. However much you can make, go for it. 
And speaking of Wall Street and Arecibo, the way you get from San Juan to Arecibo is on a highway called Highway 22. And it's a toll highway. And for the longest time, when you, when you, as in here in the United States, when, when you go on a highway, say the Mass Pike, there's an easy pass lane and uh, you can get through without having to stop to pick up the ticket or pay the, the toll. Um, it's done electronically connected to uh, your bank account. In Puerto Rico, the same thing is happening, except that unlike here, when you're running low on your easy pass, there are very few tolls in Puerto Rico that tell you, oops, you know, yellow light is blinking. That means you have to add more money to your account or next time you go on the toll, maybe not the next time, but the, the, the one after that, there will be no money in your account and then you'll be in violation. You'll be going on a, to on a toll road without having paid and that comes with a ticket. So then, I don't know if I made myself clear, but basically what happens to make myself clear is that hundreds of people go through the tolls without knowing that they don't have money in their account uh, on their ticket or their, the equivalent of their easy pass to pay for that toll. So then consequently, they receive tickets in the mail for going on toll roads without having paid, but there was no notice that they were low. So it's a gotcha situation. And again, that's the government not protecting the people. And then going back to Highway 22, guess who has a contract for the next 30 years to oversee that highway, to manage it, to upkeep it, to impose the tolls, the prices, to give the, the, the government the, the information so that of the cars that go by without having paid for the toll. You know who that is? It's Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. I can't tell you how resentful I am. Let me add one more thing, and maybe you'll join me in this resentment. Goldman Sachs has created an, an extra lane, highway lane. So you have to pay a little bit more to get on that lane. No, it's not a lane to encourage people to share rides the way it happens here, that if there are at least two people in the vehicle, you can take that extra lane. And if there's a lot of traffic, well, it's comprised almost exclusively of people who are alone in their car. There is no lane for people, for, for people who are driving who have a passenger. What there is is an extra lane that you pay for extra depending how much traffic there is on the other lanes. So if there's a lot of traffic on the other lanes, then you pay more to use that lane. In other words, if traffic is really heavy, you can pay $1.75 to use that lane, or maybe $2 or $3. If there's no traffic or it's very light, maybe you'll pay $0.25 cents more to use that lane, just to like, have your own lane. That's not crazy. That's greed. And the government of Puerto Rico permitted that, permitted Goldman Sachs to come in and set up its own rules, not to encourage people to share rides, not to helping uh, promote taking public transportation to places, but to give people who have the cash their own lane. It's as if the highway has become an airplane. And if you have more money to be in first class, great. But if you don't, then you're in coach with no leg room. But the thing is, this is a highway. This is not a private enterprise. This is a highway in a country that takes you from point A to point B. It's supposed to be monitored by the government. The government is supposed to make sure 
that we have, that we're treated equally, no? Regardless of how much money we have. That's part of what the government's role is. And in Puerto Rico, the government, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a, well, let me put it to this way. If Donald Trump were Puerto Rican, that's who's the governor of Puerto Rico. And if uh, Mitch McConnell were Puerto Rican, that's who's the Senate president. And if, what's his name, Ryan from Wisconsin, the Speaker of the House here, were Puerto Rican, that's who's the Speaker of the House in Puerto Rico. In other words, in Puerto Rico, we also have a bunch of greedy, uh, shameless, shameless elected officials who are only looking out for business interests. They're looking out for their own contracts. They're looking out for businesses. They're looking out for Wall Street. So it's not just happening here in the United States. It's happening in Puerto Rico. And of course, we have a fiscal control board whose only mission is to figure out how can Puerto Rico pay back $174 billion to the government of the United States and also to Wall Street. And that happened because there was a string of corrupt elected officials in Puerto Rico. So in one way, we brought this on ourselves. And in another way, well, it was brought on to us as well. So that's how Puerto Rico is. So, you know, I tried to ignore all of that because I'm there with my friends, I'm there with my family, and it was nice. We, you know, great food, great, you know, just in the in the arms of my family, it's the most beautiful place to be. And then to come back here, oh my God, that was hard. Este, and I have, you know, friends here, and I also have family here. It's just a trans, transitionally speaking, it's kind of difficult. It's just hard times everywhere, isn't it? Um, good news, though. We're going to be speaking with Janine Fonden. Janine is the founder of Unity First. She's also an assistant professor at Bay Path University. Unity First is a African-American newswire. You can find it at unityfirst.com. It has news and views on everything regarding the African-American communities here in the United States. And the conference that she helped uh, put together is called On the Move, On the Move Forum, Advancing Women Today. It's going to be held on March 8th from 2 to 5 at Bay Path University. If you want to register and it's free to go, uh, attend this uh, forum, uh, go to onthemoveforum.com, onthemoveforum.com. And it's interesting because it's going to be an opportunity for women to talk about, okay, what are we going to do next? Men are invited as well. Um, But hopefully there'll be a lot of women who will take the lead in the conversations. So let me just read directly from um, On The Move Forum, the press release. In honor of International Women's Day 2017, the On The Move Forum at Bay Path University will focus on ways to advance women in a changing world. The forum will offer opportunities for networking, dialogue, and professional personal development. The event format reflects the first National Women's Conference in 1977 in Houston, now celebrating its 40th anniversary. Let's get on the move to success in education, business, employment, finance, STEM, diversity, inclusion, health, wellness, and other areas. And again, to register, it, uh, you go to onthemoveforum.com. So that'll be the first conversation we're having today. Then we'll take a break and we'll come back and speak with Cynthia Velasquez of Arecibo. The conversation with Cynthia will be in Espanol. For now, though, let's hear from Janine Fonden founder of Unity First, and assistant professor at Bay Path University. What is the On the Move Forum Advancing Women Today? What is that about? How did that come about, and what is it about? 
Well, it's very, very exciting because we are taking people back to 1977. Um, that's 40 years back when the first National Women's Conference was held in this country. And as we can well think about 1977, you know, that year um, in the midst of the 70s was very explosive for a number of reasons, whether it's women's rights, um, equal rights. Um, there were quite a lot of things going on in this National Women's Conference um, was started so that the the federal government who sponsored the conference can get a hold on women's issues and not just, um, you know, white women's issues, but women of all colors, backgrounds, and experiences. And, and it really came together as a real historic point because this was when the federal government said, hey, look, we need to look at this and we need to hear from women, and they had uh, regional meetings across the country, and then they uh, picked Houston, where they would go um, and meet as a national group and really uh, put forth some items that they wanted um, the whole body of voters to, at the uh, particular event to support. So they knew what they were proposing. And then out of this came a wonderful book, that um, actually uh, a report, if you will, that would, would be going back to the federal government to say these are the things you need to work on. And I think a lot of people don't realize that women, even back then in 1977 uh, and probably before, may not have all the rights that they did today. Like at, at one point, women you know, were not allowed to have credit cards or they couldn't get credit cards. They couldn't sign a house mortgage. They, you know, There were a lot of different issues that they had to really get over. What are you looking for with this conference, the one that's coming up on March 8th from 2 to 5 at Bay Path University? The admission is free and you can register online at www.onthemoveforum.com. Yes, and we are hoping to relive what um, the women experienced in 1977 and bring it up to date. So we're actually going to gather people so that they can explore issues and we're going to see what they bring to the floor. We also have a survey that's going to come out and to really survey people about, you know, how far they think we've all come and what are the issues that we really must present to our legislators. Well, how far do you think we've come, Janine? In 40 years, 40 years ago, you know, bell bottoms, uh, some really great music. Also, right, as you pointed out, women had fewer rights. We've come a long way, baby. I think that was one of those advertisements from way back. And yes, I did have my bell bottoms and apple puffs. But <laughs> the key thing is, while we did, we have come so far, we still have a long way to go. This is Via Con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9. WHMP. Welcome back to Vallaco Muñoz. Now we're going to speak with Cynthia Velasquez of Arecibo, Puerto Rico, and her take on what's been going on there in terms of the economy and politics. This is in Spanish, mi gente. ¿Qué arroz con hay aquí? Pues hay un arroz mezclado bastante grande. Tenemos uh, la Junta Fiscal, que es quien gobierna aquí. Por otro lado, tenemos un, un gobierno que eh, no sabe hacia dónde va, definitivamente. Eh, tenemos, tenemos una situación bien compleja. 
porque el gobierno de Puerto Rico está tratando de trabajar lo que es la deuda fiscal, que es lo que realmente es a lo que realmente viene la Junta, que no es otra cosa que llevarse el dinero y nos vemos, Junta que paga el pueblo también, eh, para acabar, ¿verdad?, eso, acabar todo. El gobernador de Puerto Rico realmente no ha hecho un plan fiscal. Como no ha hecho un plan fiscal, pues la Junta toma posesión eh, de las decisiones más importantes. Eh, desgraciadamente el gobernador de Puerto Rico no sabe eh, hacia dónde va ni para dónde coger. De repente no ha hecho un plan fiscal. Oye, ¿y dónde va a parar todo esto, tú crees? Pues yo creo que todo esto va a parar en el sentido de que la Junta va a cobrar los bonos eh, y luego se va a ir. Mientras tanto... Eso es típico de aquí. ¿eh? Pregunto de nuevo, ¿dónde va a parar todo esto, tú crees, tu opinión? Pues mira Natalia, todo esto entiendo yo que va a parar en un caos. La Junta Fiscal se va a llevar el dinero o lo más que pueda. Va a destruir eh, instituciones muy importantes de Puerto Rico, entre ellas la Universidad de Puerto Rico. Va a reducir eh, el personal eh, de los servidores públicos. Eh, va a verdaderamente hacer un desastre en el sentido de que van a hacer ellos lo que les dé la gana. Si el gobernador no tiene un plan fiscal, si la Universidad de Puerto Rico ni nadie tiene un plan. Está brutal. Nosotros que nos sentamos aquí frente al río, no más tranquila. No me digas que va a virar de nuevo. Déjame ver. Yo creo que... Vira. Ahí viene otra vez. Yo creo que siguió para allá. Qué bueno. Okay. Siguió para allá abajo. Bueno, okay. dale en conclusión, de nuevo. En conclusión. Bueno, ¿qué te puedo decir? La situación de Puerto Rico es muy compleja. Eh, la situación es que tenemos una junta fiscal, que es al final del camino quien toma las decisiones, y el gobernador de Puerto Rico no sabe hacia dónde va y no toma decisiones ni hace un plan eh, que le pueda ens enseñar a la Junta de Control, de control Fiscal. Mientras cuál, tanto, y... se derrumba la Universidad de Puerto Rico, se, se derrumban diferentes agencias, el bolsillo del puertorriqueño eh, cada vez, el bolsillo del puertorriqueño cada vez se, se va achicando. Eh, estamos en una crisis eh, económica, en una recesión de hace años. Y diría, está, están en una crisis, los puertorriqueños aquí, una crisis espiritual. Por supuesto, el puertorriqueño está como en una negación. De repente como que no se entera que la situación del país es muy difícil. Y yo veo a la gente nomás tranquila, caminando, como que aquí no ha pasado nada. Y eso a mí me asusta, porque pues tenemos que indignarnos, el, eh, debemos de, de luchar para que para no perder nuestra autonomía, para no perder nuestras instituciones, para echar el pueblo hacia adelante, no hay otra. De... And that what you heard is very typical in Puerto Rico. You're sitting in the town plaza, and then there are these guys in cars, or sometimes girls in cars, who just have the music blaring. I mean, they have extra speakers in their cars. They're, they're giant speakers. I, it takes like two people to mount them on the cars and the trucks. 
So there, there you had a, a, a typical Puerto Rican experience. And also what you heard was the sound of the ocean because the town Plaza of Arecibo is just a block away from the Atlantic Ocean. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, keeping with the theme of Puerto Rico, we're going to be sung out by the voice of Puerto Rico, Lucecita Benitez, singing Canto a Borinquen, nothing less than a love song to Borinquen, as we call it, in addition to calling it Puerto Rico, we call it Borinquen, which is the name that Taino Indians had for the island, and it means land of the brave. I hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to Cynthia Velasquez and to Janine Fanden. So March 8th, a couple of things are happening. There's the Amdamu Forum, Advancing Women Today at Bay Path University and free admission uh, by going to onthemoveforum.com. Thank you to Cynthia Velasquez for putting up to us up to speed on what's happening in Puerto Rico. Thank you for tuning in. And also on March 8th, by the way, it's also known as a day without a woman, which means that if, that if you can take the day off, take the day off from paid and unpaid labor. Avoid shopping for a day unless you're shopping at a local business uh, owned by a woman or people of color and wear red and basically show how important it is that we're here and that we have we must be respected and we sometimes have to teach people to respect us as women so yeah that's the role of the oppressed always to be educating the oppressor so let's keep educating the oppressor and on that note have a great day everybody
This is Vaya con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9 WHMP.